Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. What's up, YouTube? Of Minister Derek Hallett of Sound the Trumpet Ministries. Soundthetrumpetministries.com. And today I want to do a teaching called The Judgment of America. I want to do a teaching called The Judgment of America. Now, why I'm going here tonight is because, you know, a lot of people really don't understand that this thing is totally 100% about Jesus, about how man in his relationship with the Lord, you know, is not where it should be. And because of that, this is what we're dealing with. A lot of people want this country to be saved and you know, all these different things to be done. But, you know, the the craziest thing of all is, do we even realize how wicked this place is? Do you even realize in many cases how this is the most God, you know, godless examination as to why many of the things in the world are happening as they are today? We're going to look this stuff up and we're going to see because one thing we're going to recognize is that the devil doesn't change his tactics. Whatever tactics he used to overthrow a country, he's going to use all throughout history or every chance that he gets. Can anybody uh, see that I'm actually on tonight or is it messing up or what? Hey, Brother Daryl, Sister Sarah, Sister Latoya, uh, Brother Daniel. And uh, I don't know if Brother Sal is on or not, but okay. Yeah, because something is messing up my um, the chat room. so. I'm trying to view it as best I can, but right now, you know, the enemy and his tactics, he wants to keep us from talking, but I'll keep you guys on by um, actually uh, just looking at it from another device. Okay, I see who's on now. Sister Latoya, I said Brother Daryl, Brother Daniel. Uh, Let's see. uh, Brother Ezekiel is on. Yeah. Okay. Brother Derek Grant. All right. Uh, Brother Sal. Yep. Sister Naima, Sister Tatiana. And um, yeah, so, you know, anyways, um, this is what we're going to be examining tonight. Why is America falling? What's going on with this country and how the Bible even predicts when you look at the life of Israel and all the things that they have done? but we're never gonna give you a lesson without a solution. This is a three-part series, okay? Today is, you know, the destruction of America or the judgment of America. Tomorrow's teaching will be, you know, um, it's time to repent. And the third part will be peace be still. So this is a three-part series, but what we're gonna examine tonight is what's going wrong with America? Why is it the way that it is? Why is the economy collapsing? Why is it that everybody that we vote for, you know, and I don't vote, but I'm just saying if everybody that we vote for, they end up, you know, being a tyrant and not what God is looking for. You see, because when men won't allow themselves to be what you would call uh, governed by God, 
then you're going to be governed by tyrants. That's just it. There is no plan B. Either it's God or the devil. Okay, so you know, I don't want to waste a lot of time. I've got two videos to play for you guys. I've even got an article that I want to read that we can see where we truly are right now and how we must put our trust in the Lord no matter what. But as we examine this and we go through this, you're going to see that much of Israel's problem is the same problem that went on with America. So this is what we're going to be paying attention to. This is what we're going to see. And you're going to see most things play out. And, and what you see Israel do, we're going to know for sure that that's what we shouldn't be doing. And I know that they're going to try and interrupt this program, guys, because, you know, they're, they're, um, the guy Richie from Boston made some great points. He said that, you know, so many people are paying attention to the Internet now, so it's going to be an overwhelming and they're going to say we can't handle it and we need to shut down. Basically, what the devil is going to do with anything that you hear in the news, anything going on, anything that they claim that they can't sustain, they have already planned this, man, 60, 70 years ago and what they were going to do. Okay, so everything that they do to you and I now and they and they make some excuse on the news about it. Don't believe it. It's a lie. It's only meant to do one thing further along their agenda. They could care less about you and I. They can care less about the Internet. It'll be just like a man that beats his wife. Okay, that will say, I only hit you when you deserve it. This is exactly what it's going to be with the devil from this point on. People are going to be tuning in to get the truth, and they're going to say, oh, we got to crash the economy because, after all, man, it's just we can't sustain it. When really the truth is they can sustain it. But any move that you and I make right now is going to just make the enemy further along his agenda, and he's going to use any excuse to do it. So, you know, I don't want to talk a lot. I want to get right into this lesson as we talk about the judgment of America, why America's judged, what you and I can expect, what's already been prophesied, and what's going to play out. Because this is a wicked country. Because right now, I'm not so concerned about saving America. I'm concerned about saving souls out of America. Okay? Because Daniel, as you guys remember, he was in three different captivities. You know, he was in uh, Israel, of course. Then he was born in, uh, you know, he came up in. Uh, Babylon, and he ended up in Persia. So you see, no matter what, God took care of Daniel, and he made sure that Daniel didn't lack no matter what he was in. And you and I can be in the same place with the Lord if we put our trust in him, regardless of what's going to happen here. We can always move forward. Now, some people will argue and say, well, you know, this was a godless, uh, I mean, a God country, and, you know, we had the Constitution. I want to tell anybody that loves the Constitution and believes it was of God, I want them to look anywhere in the Constitution. I'm talking about from front to back. The articles, I want you to look at the amendments. I want you to look at the Pledge of Allegiance. I want you to look at all of it. You show me one place in the, uh, in, in the uh, Constitution where the name of Jesus is mentioned. You see, that'll shut you up right there. People will love to hear God, 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 but you got to understand that many of these people, they might have believed in God, but it's not the God that you're thinking of. Were there Christians in that time? Absolutely. Were there Christians that fought for the rights of Christians at that time? Absolutely. 
But the agenda for America, we must understand, comes from the Latin word Amaruka, which means land of the feathered or plumed serpent. This has always been the devil's domain, but God's grace has allowed us at one point to truly uphold Christian values. But now when you look at this country, they'll tell you it was founded by the name Vespucci America. That's a lie. That wasn't even his real name. Okay. It came from the word Amaruka, which means land of the feathered serpent. Now, if you understand who Katsikwadal is and Kuku Khan and all these other beings that were around at the Mayans and the Incas and the Aztecs worship, then you will see that, you know, what they're talking about. It's really the devil. It's the devil in his kingdom. It's the dragon that most of these people worship. So, you know, I'm not just trying to bash America. I'm just bringing you guys some truth. The truth of the matter is this is a godless country that needs repentance. They need Jesus Christ. And we need to save as many souls out of it as we can before all is said and done. You know, Jesus says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if your mind is on Jesus, keep it on Jesus. Because when you look at the Constitution, it was always written in such a way that it can be pulled apart at the seams. That's something you got to understand. The devil knew by writing what he wrote and having people to believe in it, that he could at some point just pull a few strings and everything will unwind and you will have what we have today. Okay. I'm not hating America. I'm not hating anybody. I'm just bringing forward the point. I don't care if you're in Russia. I don't care if you're in Indonesia. You can be in Iran, wherever. You need to be saved. You need to give your life to Christ because the whole world belongs to the devil. Yes, that includes your job too. That includes your education too. That includes everything that you think belongs to God that is not sold out to Christ is of the devil. He is the God of this world. And the Bible says that he blinds the minds of those that believe not. You know, if you look at democracy, where did it come from? the devil. If you look at communism, where did it come from? The devil. If you look at democratic or republican, it doesn't even matter. Where did it all come from? The devil. The devil has different, whatever it is that he can throw your way just to gain your attention so that you can stop serving the one true God. Now, you know, uh, okay, so let's look at this. All right, so let's get right in, guys. I'm going to pray. And we're going to get right into this lesson. I've got two videos to show you. And um, also, I've got an article to read. And you can see where we are and what we're looking at, what you and I must do in these times. Is it breaking up, Sarah? Yeah, okay, is anybody else seeing that it's breaking up right now? Okay, they're messing with it because they don't want this truth getting out. That's the, that's the whole plan of it. They know that if they're going to seal the deal, they're going to blame it on a lot of people following in, but they don't want the truth to be in. Yes, a little. Uh, it goes in and out, Sister Tanisha says. Um, man, I'm thinking about whether I should do this again, but let's see what plays out. Let's see what happens. And guys, if you can hear it, just listen, okay? Because the thing is, too, what they're going to try and do is, um, you know, get you to lose interest so that you can turn it off. That's pretty much what it is, okay? 
So I apologize for what's going on right now. I can promise you that this is not me or my internet connection doing this. This is the devil that doesn't want the truth to get out. So let's pray real quick, guys, and we'll get right into this lesson. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you for another day not promised to us. And we just ask, Lord God, that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our shortcomings and our transgressions and those things that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm grateful for this time that you've given me with my brothers and sisters, that we have yet another day to be partakers in your word, to be edified by your spirit, that we may choose life and not death. And we just pray, Lord, that the Comforter, that the Holy Ghost, that he that is meant to bring us into all truth and righteousness will have his way tonight, that he will speak, that he will ward off all distractions, all things, Lord, that are not of you. I pray in Jesus' name that you bind, that you take away, that you cast down, that your people, Lord, may be focused on you, that they may get spiritual food, that they may have discernment, that you, Lord, may talk to whomever you need to. So, Lord, let no man's flesh be heard. Let no man's flesh be glorified in this, but let us be dead to self. Let us not utter words of our own, but only you, Lord, that you may win more souls unto you. So we just pray in Jesus' name that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, contention, and confusion, every spirit of jealousy, malice, and hatred, and all spirits, Lord, of fear, doubt, and unbelief, we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you bind the devil, all rejection, all Ahab, all Jezebel, all slothfulness, Lord, all greediness, Lord, in Jesus' name, all patriotism, Lord, in Jesus' name. Bind the devil this very hour and cast him out like the dog that he is, that your people may have the victory in you this day. For you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are faithful, just, and true, and worthy of all praises. We pray, Lord, tonight that all these things be done for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So yeah, guys, again, once again, if you guys send me messages, I'm not gonna be able to see them. I can look on another device and see these things, but um, Sister Sarah will do most of the talking to you I'll get in when I can, but it's important that we present the truth right now. So I think the main reason that the devil is attacking this, this particular teaching and what's being said is because I believe while the Lord was telling me in prayer that he wants people to have continuous hope in this country, in its doctrine and in its system. So for me to preach a message about the destruction or the judgment of America would assume to people that judgment has arrived so that they better find an alternative source, which is God, and get on his gravy train. But you see, I believe that the reason why they're messing with this is because they wanna keep people believing. They want you to believe in April 28th, everything's gonna be unleashed and everybody's gonna go back to work and we're gonna forget about all this. But you know something? I honestly believe if I were the devil and I had my foot on the people of God's necks and the ignorant sheeple out there, okay, that, that allowed me to get this far where these people will believe whatever I tell them and they won't check it out for themselves. I just see him putting his foot on our neck and applying pressure. Why would he let up? Why should the devil give you another chance to believe in whatever? 
Now, I'm not saying this is what I want to happen, guys. I want you all to understand where I'm coming from. You must lose hope in this filth and all this foolishness so that God can amalgamate his church. And like what Pastor Price said today, the manifested sons of God will come forward. We are the only hope that the world has. So what we need to do is become unplugged that we can totally serve the Lord and do everything that he tells us to do. That's what this is about. You know, if you love America, hey man, then love America. All I wanna see in America are the people saved and turned to Jesus Christ because this country's already been sold. They have sliced this country up like one big turkey. Uh, from what I heard, Russia has the West Coast or the East Coast. China has the East Coast or the West Coast. Somewhere around the, you know, where uh, Denver, Colorado is, the Rocky Mountains, you've got Great Britain that has that region. I think Germany has one piece. France has another piece. Man, they have cut this thing up. There is no United States. This was a corporation that was only meant to, to make a bunch of slaves believe that they are free. That's it. That is it. Democracy was just another tool to get people that were truly enslaved to believe that they are free. But we know as believers, our freedom is in Jesus Christ, not in man, not in ourselves, not what particular government we follow. The Bible tells us that we shall know the truth and the truth will set us free. Whom the son has set free is free indeed. So if we put our stock in Jesus Christ, we will be free indeed. And that includes American patriotism. So let's get right in, guys. Let's get right into this lesson. Let's go to Isaiah chapter one. And we are going to look at verse one. As we examine the lives of Israel and all the things that they did before captivity, you're going to see many of these things play out with the United States of America. To be honest with you, if I didn't know better, and I was someone that just picked up the Bible and I didn't know who Isaiah was, nor Israel, you, I would have sworn that they were talking about this country and everything that's playing out today. So you guys look at this, look at Isaiah chapter one, and we're gonna look at verse one. Isaiah one and one, and it says, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. He says, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. So I will say at one point, this country was somewhat of a great nation because there were some very strong Christian values. There were men themselves that knew if you took a woman out on a date, you're not getting any sex, okay? The men probably didn't even think that way. They just wanted to hurry up and marry this woman. And you know, you know, it's funny when you watch old movies because the funny thing is you'll see the man courting the woman. He's talking to her in the, in the living room and the father's sitting on one end of the couch and the mother is sitting on the other end of the couch. You see, those were real Christian values. Those were the values where, hey, if there's any filth going on, I wanna know about it. 
You're not taking my daughter out without permission or without a chaperone. But you see, at one point, America upheld these values. Now, look at what he says. He says, I have nourished and brought up children and they have rebelled against me. I think that this country has forgotten the goodness of God. I really do believe one of this country's problems is, you know, they want to be gods themselves, but they have forgotten about the prosperity that God has allowed them to be brought. How at one point they were the shining light. How at one point they really did have morals. And now what you see today is a bunch of rebellious children that know not the Lord. And I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about grown people, okay, that God has allowed for them to have the freedom of religion. That was another hook that the devil can pull in and take apart. Because you see, if the constitution was written for us, then what is freedom of religion? You think freedom of religion means the, the freedom to worship Jesus Christ? No, that's what we were duped into believing. But as you can see, Islam's here, the New Age is here, Buddhism, Hinduism, and all these things have taken people's hearts away from the one true God. And where are the people now? Serving the, the gods of the East. And because of that, we've got an economy about to blow up. But look at verse three. He says, the ox knoweth his owner and the ass his master's credit. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. So, you know, he's talking about the ox himself would even know his owner because he's his owner feeds them. And he says his ass, his master's crib. So the, so the donkey knows where his master's home is. But he says, my people, they don't even consider God. Look at what they are in verse four, guys. Tell me this isn't America. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. That's a bunch of people not born again a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backwards. You know, I wanna direct everybody to 1962 in the education system, when God and prayer was taken out, every sin that man has committed has jumped to Man, I think they said like 500%. Everything went bad. Teenage pregnancy spiked up like 300%. Suicide, 200%. You know, and this was immediately after God and prayer was taken out of school. Atheism and all those things, a thousand percent. You see, the devil had well planned that if you take God and prayer out of schools, then it's a chance that most of these kids won't know about the one true God. And what are they gonna do? Turn to the world. And this is why when you tell even college educated people their need for Jesus, what do they tell you? Nah, I'm good, you know, I'm, I'm all right. Cause I, I, in my own abilities, in my own mind, I can choose my way. You see, they become educated, intelligent beasts. They become rebels. They don't desire to serve God. And this is what you have. Because Alice Bailey knew that if you can program the minds of children very young, that some of the first things learned are the hardest to forget. So if you can persuade kids that they don't need God, you're going to have a godless society. And you see, this is where, in many ways, the church has failed to go after the children. We became so self-loving, so self-absorbed, so wanting to be our child's friend and everything else that we have forgotten 
about the principles of God. And what do you have? A bunch of rebellious children. So they're a sinful nation of people laden with iniquity. You know how much blood is on America's hands for the decisions that they've made? And so many so-called pastors and preachers out there forwarded these things along. How many pastors and ministers led people into this false belief system, gotten them putting their stock in that? This is what we're dealing with. Look at verse five. Why should ye be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. So God is saying, man, guys, I've whipped your butt. I've put you in a depression. I've done just about everything. I've, I've, you know, you guys have been persecuted. All these things have gone on. But here you are. The more it seems like I discipline you, the more you will revolt. He says the whole head is sick and the heart is faint. This is why Pastor Price and us, we talk about the organic gospel, how you truly need to be born again. You need to change. A lot of people believe that their solution in this life is just running into a church. Let me just go to church. If I just go to church, I'll be fine. But nothing can be further from the truth. Even when you're at church, you've got to hear and believe the true gospel. And you've got to desire to be changed, to be transformed, that you can walk with the Lord. But he says, man, the head is sick and the heart is faint. So while I even beat your butt, give you the Bible, show you right from wrong, man, you can't even change because you are sick. And that's why Jesus says for those who need not a physician, God doesn't make hold those who don't need a physician, but those that understand their need for him. We're a sick nation right now. What people in their right mind would legalize abortion? Anybody tell me that? What would tell someone to take it from a place of an embryo unto a fetus to nine months in the womb? Now you can kill your children. And now they're even looking for out of the womb. So they're expecting for the baby to now be born and they can grab their little knife and plunge into their kids to prove that they truly are women that can make choices. We're sick. You know, even if I'm homosexuality, guys, okay, who would believe for the life of them that two women and two men can be together? When you look at it, it's unnatural. I'm not spewing hate. I'm preaching the truth. We have become sick. The parts of a man accommodate the parts of a woman. You know, women are beautiful by nature. Men are what women desire by nature. But guys, we're not talking nature right now or what is righteous. We're looking at what is sick. We have become backwards. What kind of person would keep voting for the right man in office? And over the last 100 years, we've had liar after liar after liar after liar. You know what that is? That's a sick nation that doesn't recognize their need for God. And I don't care who doesn't like this. This is the truth. We have become sick. We have become beast-like. We have been okay with unrighteous things. And God wants to get this thing right so that we can fall in line with him. This is the truth. This is the state that America is in, just like Israel, the need and the desire to be born again and not to follow in their uh, their sinful need, their duties, their sinful nature. Verse six says, from the sole of the foot, even unto the head, 
there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. So what do we got today? We've got rejection. You see, the devil knows if you push enough rejection, you're going to have some wounded people. You're going to have people that will be soaking in their own wounds instead of paying attention to what God wants. This is why in many cases we're arrested in our development. We can't grow up. This is why even ministers fight amongst themselves, talk bad about each other. Why? Rejection. Because if we're really men and women of God, we don't have to sell ourselves. The Bible makes clear that our gifts and our talents will make room for us. We don't have to put down whatever, whatever. Yeah, we tell the truth and tell people what they need, but the bottom line is we must stop fighting against each other. But if you're seeking for self, self-preservation, outward validation, this is what you're gonna have, a bunch of wounded people. We can all say that we're made whole, but what's the truth of the matter? You're wounded. How do we know it? Because we have not given everything over to Jesus Christ and allowed him to work on us. We're still looking for some type of validation. We're still looking to be better than our neighbor. We're still looking for our own worth and own value when all we've got to do is get on that cross, die out to self, let Jesus Christ come to life, and we can work the works of Christ. And that's what we're looking at. Wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. Man, some of us are cut up so bad that we don't even realize, man, that we need help. We have been doing wrong for so long that we think that this is normal, and it's not. Nothing can be further from the truth. We need Jesus Christ to make us whole. But when he says neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment, that ointment is what God wants to apply to you and I, America, and everyone else in the world who may be tuning in. God wants to give you the Holy Spirit that he may clean out your wounds, that you may become a righteous seed, that you may see things in God's perspective and not man's. Because the Bible says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As far as the heavens are from the earth, so are God's ways higher than our own. So we need to really get in line and really repent and make it right with the Lord that he may take the Holy Spirit, that ointment, and apply it to our wounds that we for the first time can see what God sees and truly be made whole. Look at this, it ain't over yet. Look at verse seven, your country is desolate. Don't you see this guys? They have dropped us flat. Your cities are burned with fire. That's coming to an America near you. Your land strangers devour, it is your presence. I mean, they devour it in your presence and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. As I told you guys, America's already been sold. This country was just a corporation that was sliced up like a big turkey. You already see it happening. There's no, where are all the jobs? They're all overseas. You know, where's all the, the middle class? They destroyed the middle class. Why? Because they plan on bringing that into the new world order. You see, when we chase the elusive carry, and we think that we've got so much and we long for so many things that have nothing to do with God. Look how the devil treats you. 
The devil done got your nose out there making you believe that you are some special one. What is he doing now? Pulling the plug. Sucker. Foolish to obey me. You dumb sheeple. You believe that you were actually going to have a life without God? I don't mean to be funny tonight, guys. I want y'all to understand what's being said. We must repent and get back with Jesus Christ that he can change us from the inside out. It is not the White House that's going to save this country. It's God's house. It's God's people. But how can God's people save a nation when God's people's hearts are connected to the nation and all of its filth and everything else in it? Look at this, man. Strangers are coming. You know, these troops, they're coming. They're coming for America. And for all those so-called military men, I come from a military family, so don't even give me your... your you know, mess. It ain't going to be U.S. troops. Our military, guys, is so divided right now. It's so divided that when it comes time for the U.S. forces to fight, the question is going to be what U.S. forces? This thing has been divided from the inside out, and you are going to have no refuge except in Jesus Christ. Trust me when I tell you. Look at this. He says, and the daughter, this is verse eight, of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been uh, as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. You know, Pastor Price is one of the few that does preach against homosexuality. You know, he's one of the few that will tell you that sodomy is wrong. He's one of the few that will tell the truth and so do we. But the point is, is count around guys, how many people about this? How many people care? So you see, if God didn't leave a very small remnant that we would be like unto Sodom and unto Gomorrah. And that's what you're seeing. Homosexuality is growing but they're not growing, they're taking from yours. It's not about equal rights. They are taking from the heterosexual, wandering around like predators, blasting this mess to your children through all kinds of lies and propaganda to turn them unto this spirit. And because of that, you see it growing. But what you don't realize is heterosexuality is, is diminishing. This is all a part of the devil's plan. If I were gonna depopulate and I were the devil, I would do the same thing. And you see that because people have become self-loving, we have become like Sodom and Gomorrah. Homosexuals can get saved too. Anybody can get saved and repent, but you gotta mean it from your heart. You gotta know that God is right. But you see, if it wasn't for the small remnant, those out there that are preaching the truth, telling people about their need for Jesus, man, this place would have been Sodom and Gomorrah. And you see, a lot of people think they want it, but you guys read the book of Joshua or Genesis 19 in your spare time when they talk about what actually went on there. See, what the world doesn't realize is a Christian is your best friend because we're praying and interceding and God is hearing the prayers of the righteous is the only reason he hasn't destroyed this country yet. That's something that we better wake up to, man. So anyway, look at verse 11. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? 
I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. So, you know, verse 10 or verse 11, all the way down to, I believe, verse 14 or 15 can really have a lot to do with the church. You see, as a church, we think we're righteous because we go and sit up in the building and we give God all these offerings, but what God is looking at is the heart. It's not about how many churches are on every corner about you sitting there in attendance and giving glory to men. This is all about your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Look at what he says in verse 11 again. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and of, fat, uh, of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. God don't want your carnal sacrifices. He says, when ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my cords? Who told you it's okay for you to come in here like you are? Verse 13 says, bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. I agree with Pastor Price on this when he says, not one of us has truly seen the true church operate. You see, we think we're giving God our best. We think that we're, you know, just out there, man, just, you know, flowers in the hair, floundering, you know, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and amen. God is looking for a repented heart. The church ain't gonna save you. You've got to get into Jesus Christ and become a lively stone to be born into the church. You can't join the church as Pastor Price said years ago, you've got to be born into it. And you've got to truly desire to be changed and to be made whole that Jesus Christ can change your life. He says, your new moons and your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. Man, don't bring me no more religion is what the Lord is saying. You get serious and you come to me and I will do what God does. He says, and when, you, and when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. So let's talk about this, this blood. Because you see, in the days of Moloch, what they would do is to worship this God, Moloch, they would have this statue out in the valley of um, Hinnom, south of Jerusalem, and the thing would have its two hands like this. And underneath these two hands, there would be a fire burning all day long. And what the people were told is, if they would have gain, they would have gain if they just took their babies, put them on the white high hands of the statue, you know, in the valley, of, um, in the um, place of Topheth, they would beat drums and play music so that no one could hear the, the, the drowning. They would try and drown out the cries of the baby. And people felt because they had made this sacrifice to Moloch, worshiping Moloch. Plant Parenthood is nothing but a Moloch temple. It's only meant to do one thing, help you to sacrifice your kids when it's convenient for you so that you can go on and live your life and be free and have your education and marry who you wanna marry. The truth of the matter is you should have your pants on and giving your life to Jesus Christ and you won't have to worry about it. 
but you see their hands are full of blood. You know how many of the, how many people in the church hands are full of blood that don't even preach the gospel? How many false pastors out there telling people lies, making people go to hell for believing in their lies? This whole prosperity doctrine and all this other filth and foolishness, man. This country's hands are full of blood. N not just the, I mean, well, the real church, not, but the self-proclaiming church. Man, America has got to pay. I'm sorry to say this. They've got to pay. Our job is to save souls, not to save a country. This country doesn't uphold God. It will get what it deserves. And if you know, if you're smart and you can hear these words, you better jump over to the side of Jesus Christ and repent and get right. Look at verse 16. Wash you. Look what the Lord wants to do. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. So what is God saying? Hey, no matter what you've done, if you come to me in all sincerity, I'll make you whole. I'll make you right. I'll put you in a place where you can be full of the Lord and you can do God's will. But this is what you find. You know, a lot of people, they um they love to do evil, but you see, we've got to cease to do evil. We've got to learn to do well. And the only well-doing we're gonna do is in Romans 12, one and two, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and not to be conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's time to repent. I know that's gonna to be tomorrow's message, but I'm just now. And let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So what we're looking at here is just what the Bible says. Come and reason together. God can make you new, the new creature. You don't have to live the old life. Repent of what you've done. This is the best deal going on. Because he says, if you be willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. I don't care what the economy says. You're going to eat the good of the land. I don't care about what they're going to tear down and keep us from getting. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But look, look at what he says in verse 20. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. There you have it. And you know what? What else have we got to rely on now except the words of the Lord? It's time to get serious, man, and quit playing. But anyway, he says, how is it? How is the faithful city becoming harlot? It was uh, full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. How did America get to be what it was and turn to what it is? They took their eyes off of the Lord. He says, thy silver has become dross, like it lost its value. Thy wine is mixed with water. You wondering why we're not walking in the power of the Lord? Then the Christians need to get their hearts away from this harlot 
so that God can fill us plenty. What's diluting the water or the wine? It is the desire to be like the world. And if you're mad at what I said, and you love this country, and you want to cling to this country, man, you better repent and get right with the Lord. Because we're only talking to those who want to be saved. But if you look at this, this is just like America. Look at verse 23. Thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loveth gifts. They love gifts and followeth after rewards. They judge not the father, the fatherless, neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. You know why? Because like I said, like the Bible says, if everybody's running after what they can have in the world, is it winding up? Okay, everybody, because, okay. But the whole thing is, is that everybody's self-seeking, self-loving. That's how the devil wants everybody to be. And when America has become self-loving and it became all about America, this is what you see. You got all these people, man, you know, a society itself corrupted all because people won't come to Jesus. Look at verse 24. Therefore saith the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, I, I will ease uh, me and mine adversaries and avenge me of mine enemies. And I will turn my hands upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away all thy tent. And I will restore thy judges as at the first and thy counselors as at the beginning afterwards. Thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. This is why, guys, as Christians, we've got an assignment to bring forth Jesus Christ that we won't fall into the snare that the devil has. We need bright and shining lights in this hour to be full of Jesus that we can turn people back to Jesus. So what? People can see that they are the city of righteousness. Look at verse 27. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and her converts with righteousness and the destruction of the transgressors and of the sinners shall be together and they that forsake the Lord shall be consumed for they shall be ashamed of the oaks which ye have desired and ye shall be confounded for the gardens that ye have chosen. So, hey, you want to go off with the devil? You want to go off with the world? You want to believe in an America void of God? He says you're going to be ashamed for the gardens that you have chosen. Look at verse 30. For ye shall be as an oak uh, whose leaf fadeth and as a garden that has no water. And the strong shall be as tough and the maker of it as a spark. And they shall both burn together and none shall quench them. I want to say to that, no thank you. Let's get in line with the Lord that we might receive the blessings of the Lord because swift judgment as it's going to fall, as it fell on Israel, is going to fall on America. You better get right with the Lord. There is no man in this world that can save you. So I'm going to play a short video real quick just to show you how the devil has made a fool of us. And in order to get it right, we've got to get right with the Lord. So let me get this ready. I want you guys to all see this. I played this video a long time ago, but as I said before, no time like the present to make the point. So uh, let me get this right. 
Okay. Look like that's together. Sister Sarah here is helping me with the lights. All right. Let's connect this. You guys can see, man, the devil's got, you know, he's got a lot of people's numbers. They believe in this mess. See, when Pastor Price says he's going to grab his fiddle and go out to a nearest rooftop and play when his country's being destroyed, hey, man, I feel the same way. His words didn't offend me because my heart is in Jesus, man. It ain't in this. So look at this, guys. This is an old video. Oh, let me turn this. This is an old video, I think, going back to the 70s. But it was by uh, a man named uh, Paul Harvey. Okay, I played this a long time ago. But we need to really see what's going on. But this is by Paul Harvey, and it's called If I Were the Devil. So you guys listen to this. I want to make sure it's right so that you guys can hear it. All right, y'all ready? Let's check it out. It's a short clip, but it says more than enough. So guys, pay special attention. course. Let me move this. You don't hear the speaker either, right? One second, guys. What are you, boy? The enemy will not leave us alone. One second. All right, looks like it's connected now. All right, guys, we're going to try this again. This is a video by Paul Harvey back in the 70s, and it's called If I Were the Devil. You guys check this out. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington, and then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in 
I'd make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. All right. All right, guys. So I don't know how many were able to hear that, but if you see, you know, uh, the devil is doing what he's doing. Now, some things Paul Harvey said, you got to disregard. And the reason I say that is this, because I believe, even though he was a man that brought a lot of truth, I also believe he was controlled and a part of the system. I also believe that Alex Jones today, that many people listen to, I believe that he's controlled and part of the system. So you see, Paul Harvey had some things that he understood that he was doing right, but you know he wasn't totally sold out either. I mean, after all, who was paying him? Whose network was he on that, that allowed him to say all this stuff? So we must understand that this thing is bigger than Paul Harvey. But one thing Paul Harvey brought was a lot of truth. If I were the devil, I'm going to put this in the description box. But as you can see, he's just going to continue doing what he's doing. Because a lot of people have not connected the dots to recognize that this is a spiritual battle. And there is no political solution, guys, for a spiritual problem. Man's problem is sin, and man's problem has always been sin. And the bottom line is we've got to get right with the Lord in order to save this world. Verse 1. Okay. All right, Isaiah chapter two, guys, let's look at verse one. He says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem 
And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow unto it. So this is talking about, you know, the time of Christ when he comes and rules on the earth. But he says, many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word uh, of the Lord uh, from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So for those people that tell you that Jesus Christ had already come back, those preterists, you know, they're a bunch of liars because there would be no more war at the return of Christ. So what we're looking at here is he's making clear that a lot of people are going to study war no more, including Israel. Right now, Israel is surrounded with enemies. A lot of stuff's going on. Look at verse five. O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Therefore thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they be replenished from the east and are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. I'm here to tell you, in America, this has also happened. America has become replenished by the east. What do we mean by that? Martial arts came in here. You know, Buddhism came in here. New age came in here. You know, yoga came into this place. All these other Far East religions made their way, okay, into the Americas. And what did they do? Destroy the country, turn people into mysticism and higher thought. And, you know, what do they call it now? Um, old religion, new thought or new illumination. It's all garbage. It all goes back to Babylon. It all goes back to Satan in the garden. But as you can see, because of the people of God, have allowed Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, you know, uh, Kabbalah, whatever false religions that people are in around the world, you know, now you see why, you know, this country is in the state that it's in. They have forsaken the one true God and went into their own belief systems and began to serve them. And when you serve demon gods, you're gonna have demon gods rule over you. So you see, they stopped listening to the Lord because they be replenished by the East. This is what you see, guys, everywhere. So look at this, and it says, by themselves, the children of strangers, people that know not God are ruling over society. Verse seven says, their land also is full of silver and gold. Neither is there any end of their treasures. Uh, their land is also full of horses. Their land is also full of horses. Neither is there any end of their chariots. Their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which of their own fingers have made. This is what you see. People are worshiping their own gods that they make with their own hands. America is big on this. The Statue of Liberty, all the things that they put up, the internet, your education, you know, the Grand Canyon, whatever it is that people are flocking to, Mount Rushmore, 
the Constitution, the right man in office. These are all idols that men have made with their own hands. And what do they do? People trust more in them than they trust in God. But look at this, verse nine. And the mean man bowed down, or boweth down, and the great man humbleth himself. Therefore forgive him not. Uh, enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of men shall be humbled. Don't you guys see that? The lofty looks of men are humbled. Man, I guarantee you, you go and find that college professor that professed himself to be wise and thought that he knew everything. And this hour in America, go up and talk to him now and see if you don't have his undivided attention. God took away those proud looks. You think you got it? You think you figured it out? You think by looking at the moon and the stars that you can prove there is no God? God is letting us all blow up in their faces that people can see there is no savior outside of Jesus Christ. So the lofty looks of man shall be humbled and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. Amen, praise the Lord. And the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty and upon everyone that is lifted up and he shall be brought low and upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up and upon all the oaks of Bashan, and upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills that are lifted up, and upon every high tower, every high tower, and upon every fenced wall, and upon all the ships of Tarshish, and upon all pleasant pictures, and the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And the idols he shall utterly abolish. You see what he's done? Look at the idols, look at all the sports, look at all the entertainment, all the movies, all the things that people think are important and not God. Look at how it's been shut down. All your idols, everything that you thought was important, your schoolwork, your job, your making a better tomorrow for yourself. All those things have been halted and there is no promise of it ever coming back. These idols will be abolished. Any nation that won't serve God, as I said, will be subject to tyrants. He says, and they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. You can equate this, guys, with um, Revelation chapter six, when all the elite powers, all the people think that they're untouchable, you're gonna see them get brought down low and they'll be hiding in the rocks, hiding from God, hiding from Jesus Christ. Verse 20 says, in that day, a man shall cast his idols and silver and his idols of gold, which they made each of one for himself the Lord and for the glory of his majesty, when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. Now he might not be shaking the earth, but he's shaking some things up right now. And you see a lot of people don't know what to do. You see how some people right now are throwing away their idols of silver and gold. You see how people saying, man, forget this. I need to pray. I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. This is a beautiful place for you to turn to the Lord 
Forsake your idols and get right with him. God knows what he's doing. Look at uh, verse 22. Cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? Who is man that can't even control breath in his nostrils that you and I are following after? Worrying about the president, worrying about the White House, worrying about all this mess, man, that man don't even know if he's going to live tomorrow. We can't put our trust in man. We've got to put our trust in God. The Bible says, cursed is the man that trusteth in man, that maketh flesh his arm, and his heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17 and 5. But when you look at this, a lot of people right now are trusting in the media more than God. A lot of people are trusting in the doctors more than God. A lot of people are believing what these doctors are telling them. And, and you know, there are some good doctors out there that are telling us it's all a you know, it's all a ruse to take your vitamin C to get you a bunch of lemon that you can cut up and put in a cup. I had a brother um, from, uh, I don't know where he's from, but he messaged me today to tell me, hey, brother, pack up your vitamin C, get as much as you can. And he said to uh, get some uh, hot water uh, and get a bunch of lemon. Hot water and lemon can, can reduce cancer. It can take away a lot of stuff. I know that somebody posted something like that too. But as you can see, people are recognizing, man, you can't put your trust in everything that doctors and men say. You better put your trust in the living God because he's going to tell you who to listen to and what to do. I've got another clip coming up right now. Another video, guys, I want to play that we can actually uh, see where we're headed and what this thing is about. So let me turn this on real quick. Get this right. I'm not saying this because I hate people and I got nothing but evil to say. I'm here to let the people know that the world is evil and your only refuge is in Jesus Christ. Man, you trust in the devil if you want. He's going to let you down. He's going to play you for a fool. We got to get right with the Lord. All right, let me fix this. Okay, there we go. You guys listen to this clip if you haven't heard it already. Come on. There we go. Man, people been working on their job for 50 or 30 years. Man, dropped flat like a hot, like a sack of potatoes. You want what the devil has for you? Man, you better put your trust in the Lord. Check this video out, guys. This is... Uh, a prophecy given to uh, brother uh, David Wilkerson in 1973, okay, about what the end of the world would be like or the destruction of America. You guys listen to this. Here we go again. One second. We're messing with our speaker. 
Come on. All right, I think here we go again. All right, y'all ready? Let's do it. God's placed me here tonight to warn of the coming of our persecution. The Holy Spirit is my witness. This convention tonight is being warned here and now of an intense hour of persecution for all spirit-filled believers. Here to prepare to be hated, rejected, maligned, and ridiculed. Now, if you believe Acts 2 4 about a special then you've got to also believe Acts 2.17. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. I saw a vision this past April. So frightening, it staggered my mind. And for the past three months, I've tried to shake it off, but I can't do it. I've only had two in my life. The first 15 years ago took me to the streets of New York, and every fact of that vision has been fulfilled. I've been terribly afraid to share this vision up till tonight for fear I'd be called a fanatic. But the same Holy Ghost that prompted me 12 years ago to share the story of the cross and switchblade has prompted me tonight to share this vision with you. In this vision, I saw five terrible calamities coming to America and the world. First of all, a worldwide recession caused by economic confusion. I saw in my vision at most a few more fat, flourishing years and then an economic recession that's going to affect the lifestyle of every wage earner in the world. The world economists are going to be at loss to explain what's happening. It's going to start in Germany, spread to Japan, and finally to the United States. Large and trusted corporations are going to go bankrupt. Many churches are going to go into bankruptcy. And some missionary projects are going to flounder. And one of the clearest messages I've ever received from God in my life is this. Use the next few good years left to prepare for financial crises. Get your house in order because hard times are coming. Number two, I saw nature having labor pains. Supernatural signs and changes that can't be explained by men. Worldwide disasters that we're witnessing right now. I see his labor pains in nature, which are going to become more and more frequent and more intense the closer we get to the birth of the kingdom of God. I saw major earthquakes coming to the United States. I saw worldwide famine, especially in China, India, and Russia. I saw the world's food supplies completely dwindled, millions starving. I saw coming a new kind of cosmic storm appearing as a raging fire in the sky, leaving a kind of vapor trail. Tornadoes, hailstorms, floods, and hurricanes are going to pound the earth with such intensity and violence that all of mankind is going to have to admit the world is under supernatural siege. Number three, a flood of filth and a baptism of dirt in America. I see the prophecy of Nahum coming to pass in the very near future. God said, I'll pour abominable filth upon you. This means triple X-rated movies on cable television after midnight. This means R-rated movies within the next few years on network television. This means our newsstands are going to be flooded with such filth that Playboy magazine will look like a puritanical piece of trash. 
It means sex education classes in school with the use of animated cartoons and filmed dramatized sexual intercourse. And just when it appears there's going to be a successful campaign against smut, just when the Supreme Court seems to be ruling against pornographers, when it appears the nation's returning to old-fashioned moral standards, suddenly the floodgates are going to swing open and Satan is going to vomit filth out of hell, and it'll be just as it was in the days of Lot and will vex the souls of God's most devout saints. Now let me share with you what the Holy Spirit's revealed to me in vision concerning this persecution. Number one, it's going to come as a persecution madness on the earth. I see now persecution coming such as mankind has never before witnessed. The Antichrist spirit is entering the hearts of already. The government and the judicial system, and it's led to spiritual wickedness in high places. And this spiritual wickedness in high places will eventually and soon lead to harassment, not only of officials, but those in churches, missionaries, and ministers. There's already evidence of this harassment. I see a time coming when nearly all evangelical missionary projects, all religious radio and television programming, all incorporated missionary societies are going to be so closely monitored, questioned, and badgered by government agencies, they'll be cautious and worried about moving or expanding in any direction. Firstly, I see homosexuals and lesbians. Welcome to the Super Church Union. I see the Super World Church in the guise of, mis of understanding, accepting homosexuals and lesbians into its fellowship. Homosexuals Homosexual and lesbian love will be vindicated by the leadership of this church union. Homosexuals will not only be welcomed, but they'll be encouraged to continue in their practices. Homosexual and lesbian ministers will not only be ordained and places authority, they'll be heralded as a new breed of pioneer evangelists introducing new concepts of love and evangelism. I see in nearly every major city in the United States and around the world, Homosexual churches catering exclusively to the spiritual needs of their own kind with full recognition from organized religion. Their Sunday school and church literature distributed to their children will suggest to teenagers that homosexuality is a normal and acceptable form of Christian practice. While this visible super world church gains political power, this invisible body of believers will grow tremendously in spiritual power. This power will come from persecution. The persecution madness that's coming upon this earth will drive these Christians closer together and closer to Jesus Christ. There will be less concern about denominational ties and more concern and emphasis on the coming of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will bring together in one all people of all faiths and walks of life. And although the supernatural church already exists around the world, in the days coming soon, it will become politically almost invisible. It will not speak out much on social issues, but as persecution becomes more intense, this body of true believers will become almost radical in its evangelistic efforts, and in this invisible church will receive supernatural unction and Holy Ghost power to preach the gospel to the four corners of the earth. I see a persecution through a media struggle. There is at present tremendous freedom for preaching the gospel on radio and television. Never the door has been more open to minister Christ in the media. Christians even own and operate their own radio and TV stations. 
They're at liberty to pray for the sick, raise money, and promote the gospel in any way they see fit. So watch out. Persecution and harassment is already beginning. There's a sound of change in the air. Christ-centered radio and TV programming will become the target of satanic forces determined to force every one of them off the airwaves. Already, there's a behind-the-scenes movement to establish a kind of rating system for all religious radio and TV programming. And the liberal leaders of this super church council will soon attempt to establish a kind of screening board and force themselves on the FCC as the final authority on all paid and sustaining religion on the media. They want no program to be aired without their approval. The doors that are now wide open are slowly but truly going to close. Christian radio and TV stations should begin to expect persecution harassment. Atheistic and anti-place forces are even now preparing litigation against certain religious stations. When I see Satan trying to bog down these programs and stations in red tape, legal proceedings, and tax problems, Satan will use every tactic at his disposal to remove all Christ-centered programs from the media. And the message I have for all of you who minister in the media is this, from the Holy Spirit, work while it might come at when no man can work. And that's a message for the media. Revivalists and evangelical ministers are going to be stereotyped as Elmer Gantry's, charlatans, cheats, money-mad comedians. More and more movie makers are going to attempt to debunk our morals. Gospel preaching churches and ministers are going to come under special attack. While at the same time, the occult and witchcraft will be glorified and sensationalized. Next, persecution from television comedies. TV comedy shows, the Holy Spirit has told me, will become bolder and bolder and will poke fun at Christ and all true Christians. Comedy writers are going to strike a blow after blow designed to put down sacred traditions. And eventually these shows will be punctuated with four-letter words and anything will go on television. Television programmers will become absolutely blasphemous and millions and millions of unbelievers will sit in front of their TV sets laughing and mocking as subjects once considered sacred are undermined and mocked and ridiculed. And last night, almost today, so it was brought home so vividly as impressionist David Fry maliciously mocked Billy Graham as a money raiser and a money grabber. Made my blood boil. Marjo sat there knocking all Roberts and Billy Graham and it came home to me so hard. David, this is just the beginning. Talk shows everywhere. Movies, theaters, debunking Christ in his blood and glorifying the devil. But one thing that is already upon us, and I see clearly, I see a gospel clear. I know now that Satan has declared war on every true minister of Jesus Christ. He's going to leave no stone unturned in his attempt to discredit and shipwreck every man of God who's determined to stay true. Those ministers and priests who refuse to cheat on their wives, they refuse to indulge in the freedom of the new morality. They're going to be the target of the most vicious, vicious, malicious gossip of all times. The devil's going to raise up gossip mongers to harass and malign and lie against you. I believe that Billy Graham and other big gospel ministers throughout the world are going to face more and more ridicule, gossip, misunderstanding by the press and by liberal people in the media. 
Every motive is going to be questioned. Every statement is going to be examined and cross-examined. And now, you have no idea. You could not begin to know the battle I've had to stand here and say what I've said tonight. And I bring it to my final word. And I think it's the most exciting time in the world to watch the last generation unfold. We are the last Christians. And it's the most exciting thing to see all that we've heard and read over the centuries coming to pass right before our eyes. And somebody still sitting there not knowing what's happening. But Jesus is coming. <laughs> Jesus is coming and he's getting his house in order. Hallelujah. All right, guys, I know that that was kind of choppy for some of you that were listening in. And I think part of it is it's hard to find a good um, video on that because of the fact that, you know, they don't want the truth getting out. So, but for those who could hear, I mean, I'll put that in the description box. So I'll try and find a better one. But as you can see, everything that David Wilkerson said is playing out. This was 1973. So what you see is a lot of this stuff is carrying on. There's a lot of things that America has to pay for. I'm not saying I wish that America would, you know, uh, go to hell, but I'm going to say that, hey, man, the wages of sin is death. You've got to pay. And that's why, you know, we preach the message we do to repent, get right with the Lord so that he can save your soul. Repentance is not up to us. Repentance is up to the person. That that's committing the sin. We've got to repent. We've got to be changed. We've got to be transformed. But if you look at all the wickedness, guys, in this world, you can truly see where we're headed. Let's look at Isaiah chapter three. Then I want to read something else to you guys. Because Wilkerson saw a lot, but he wasn't the first one to see that. And he was upset with people for talking about Billy Graham. But you see, there are a lot of things even David Wilkerson didn't know about Billy Graham. That's why I got a teaching coming up called, you can learn a lot from a babe. You know, everybody talks about babes in Christ like they're bad people, but you know, or the, the dumb and ignorant, but babes in Christ have their place too. I'll give you guys an example of this. I remember one day, because um, my students in the classroom wanted to watch, um, I think it was a Star Wars movie. This was like two years ago. They wanted to watch a Star Wars movie. And I'm sitting there like, man, anything to get them to shut up. So it was movie day. So we put on a Star Wars movie and they were asking, well, which one should we watch? I was like, I guess the first, because that would have the least amount of curses and everything else in it. So let's go to Star Wars one, you know? So we watched the original. And one of the students was saying, this is corny. And I looked at the screen and I'm like, yeah, it is corny. Then one of the students said, man, these stormtroopers, they've got really bad aim. Like they're right in front and missing. But you know, I had never seen that before. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, they do. So I think a lot of the times what we're conditioned to learn and to know we think that we know a lot of stuff because we're older. But the thing is, is you can learn a lot from a kid. A kid can teach you about humility. A kid can teach you about when you're, you know, acting proud or you're acting selfish or you're throwing a grown up fit. You can be just like a child. So you see, even babes themselves have their place. 
I got that teaching coming up next week. You can learn a lot from a babe. A babe is also, I mean, even the things you don't like about babes, that shouldn't make us really beat them down, but check on ourselves and say, you know what? I can use a little growing up. Because right now I'm murmuring and complaining and throwing a tantrum and saying all this stuff. I mean, what are you, are you a little kid? You want to get your way? You want everybody to like you? What is it that you want? But you see, that's what kids do. But I think that they are that way to teach you and I how we do God. So you see, you can learn a lot from a babe. I'm not saying I would trust in a babe in everything. I'm just making the point that even they can teach us much simply by the way they behave, even when someone's new in Christ. What do they do? They get into the word and they're picking it apart, reading the Bible and loving it. And, you know, but a lot of people think because I'm older, I don't have to be excited about things or care because I'm older. But, you know, Leonard Ravenhill said, you can be God's chosen people, but it ain't too long before you God's frozen people. So it's good to be able to look at where you once were and where you are now to see if you have gone off track. So there's a lot to that. But anyway, let's get back on track. Let's look at Isaiah chapter three. But some things we don't see at a certain age because we were conditioned to it. But man, I've had kids show me stuff and I'm looking, where did you see that? Wait, wait, rewind that. Let me see that again. Because they grew up in a different era that they can actually say, man, you can't tell WWE wrestling is fake. You can't tell that they get themselves ready before they get thrown off the turnbuckle. They're not even punching one another. They're stomping on the mat. But you see, when you were young, that was big stuff. Anyway, let's get on with the message. Look at Isaiah 3, guys. Look at verse 1. He says, For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff and the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water. Look at where we are for these people that are not serving the Lord. And look at America now. You know, I just went to a supermarket to try and get some lemons. That's all I went there for. I can't even go in right now, except like, um, man, like you gotta wait until like somebody comes out because they have even reduced the numbers in the supermarket. You gotta wait for somebody to come out so that you can go in, like the old club scene. So you see, this, this tells me one thing, guys, and this isn't to bring fear, but they're getting ready to shut down the food. That's what's getting ready to happen. Whenever they limit it to, all right, it's got to be few of you, some of you be in and others, the rest of you be out. The Lord just told me right then and there, man, go home and, you know, get in the prayer group and then get ready for the lesson. They're getting ready to shut down the food. And I'm not trying to cause panic, guys. I'm just trying to bring the point that when there is sin in the land and people will not obey God and they want the devil to rule over him, over you, this is what you can't expect. Okay, so right now, the food and the water and the whole stay of the staff and everything else has been taken away, just like it's happening in America. Look at verse two. The mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the prudent and the ancient, the captain of 50, the honorable man and the counselor and the cutting artificer and the eloquent orator. Every man in every walk of society that people have trusted in and relied upon is going away. This is why you see such an attack on men today. The Jezebel spirits trying to come up against the men of God 
trying to tell men that they need to get more into their he motions. That's what TD Jake says. They promoted feminine men. They put estrogen in the men's uh, deodorant and they put testosterone in the women's deodorant. What are they doing? Turning the world upside down. He says, and I will give children to be their princes and babes shall rule over them. Look at how kids are today. Kids don't respect anything, no grownups. This is all a part of the curse. When you move the man or you move God off the scene, who is the head of every man, the head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God with the children in subjection. When you move Jesus Christ off the scene, off of every family, what do you see today? Women ruling the home, men, if they're there, they're a couch potato or insignificant and you've got the kids disrespecting society. You see, this is what we're looking at. He says, and the people shall be oppressed, everyone by another and everyone by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient and the base against the honorable. And this is why when you tell people that abortion is wrong, what do they tell you? It's a woman's right to choose. You see, they're calling evil good and good evil. And because of that, it says the base, the disgusting, the filthy, those with no morals, they go against what is honorable and what is righteous. This is judgment come to America, guys. You can see it everywhere. Paul Harvey said, if I were the devil, I would say that everything that was righteous is square, but everything that is evil promoted is good. This is judgment come to America. Verse six says, when a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father saying, thou shalt, I mean, thou hast clothing, uh, be thou our ruler and let this ruin be under thy hand. So what's gonna happen? Men are gonna trust in men, in families, in all walks of society, wherever. He says, in that day shall he swear saying, I will not be an healer for in my house is neither bread nor clothing, make me not a ruler of the people. So this person has become overly concerned with what he doesn't have, focused on self, that he can't govern his home, that he can't do the right things. This is judgment come to America. He says, for Jerusalem is ruined and Judah is fallen because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of the Lord. You know, the devil can't resist. When you look at television programs, the devil has to do, he always has to, within the first five minutes, promote evolution to get you to think against the Bible, tell you that millions and millions of years ago, because we know the timeline of the into the new age, into homosexuality, into abortion, into the Jezebel spirit, a woman doesn't need a man for anything, I need to follow after my own path. I need to do my own thing. You see, the devil can't wait to get the ears of people so that he can turn them unto his filth. I, I, I try and find a godly program on TV that doesn't have any of this stuff playing out. You won't do it. I remember in the 80s, they had R.W. Schombach and Burke Clendenin. They had real men of faith on TV. A.A. A. Allen had his own show. Now, I dare you to try and find a real Christian show today. And don't talk about Sid Roth's It's Supernatural. Although I like that show, but we got to look at 
That's not mainstream TV, okay? But when you get to mainstream, you're going to see they're taking all this away. You know, I mean, even you can't even play a song, guys, of your favorite Christian album. Society today, everyone has sold out to the beast. Look at verse nine. Uh, the shoe of their countenance doth witness against them, and they declare their sin is Sodom, and they hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. So what's wrong with America? It has rewarded evil unto themselves. Instead of hearing the word of God and repenting and getting right, what do they do? They get more proud and more arrogant and say what they will do and won't, what won't happen to them. These people need their hearts changed, man. But you see, just like in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, they gloried in their shame. They loved their sin. And they, they have pleasure and wickedness. That's what's come to America. And you know what? If God doesn't judge this nation or stop it, you'll eventually be on the devil's hit list. So you got to understand, man, when sin has reached the heavens, when the stench of the world has come up to the throne of God, God's got to judge it. And God must judge it because if he doesn't, man, it's going to get worse and worse. Thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 10. Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him, but woe, I mean, for he shall eat the fruit of their doing. So once again, look at what's here for the righteous. He says that it shall be well with him, but they shall eat the fruit of their doings. So if you do right by God, you put your stock in Christ, God, Jesus is gonna take care of us, man. Even in a time of, sin, of famine, we won't know the difference. It's gonna look like a time of plenty because that is the God we serve. And even if we have to part from things, even if things have to be different, even if you got to go with no you know, home, man, God is still gonna provide for his people. That's why we have the comforter. This is why we have the Holy Spirit, because it talks about people shaking and perplexed, but not us. It talks about people reacting to their environment and going crazy and doing whatever they can, but not the Christian. His trust is in the word of God and through the aid of the Holy Spirit. With Jesus Christ formed in him, he's gonna be unmovable, unshakable, and unreprovable. And that's what we want. Look at verse 11. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. So you see, God's gonna get to the point, and I think he's here now. Okay, guys, okay, America. You want filth? I'm going to give you filth. You see, everybody can laugh now and say it's no big deal. I live my life. But when those NATO troops come in here and start raping women and doing things to people and beating down your husband and all this stuff going on, you know, it's, it ain't going to be too funny then. You better get real with Jesus, guys, because not one of us has it in us to make it through this unless Christ has been formed in you. I'm not bringing fear. I'm bringing reality. You've got to have your being in Jesus Christ. Don't trust in this government to take care of you. The government's dropped you flat. Everything that they may give you as a bonus is just to hurry up and implode the market that they can have a new world order. Look at this. The Lord standeth up. Oh, no, look at verse 12. He says, as for my people... Children are the oppressors and women rule over them. 
O my people, they which lead thee, uh, cause thee to err and to destroy the way of thy paths. You know, um, I had a friend message me about Donald Trump saying, pray for America. You know, and I'm sitting there looking at Paula White as his aide. You see, I've seen all that I can. Let me tell you something, guys, and this may get me in trouble for sure, but I need to say this. If Donald Trump were really for the people, Donald Trump would bear the same fate as JFK. Somebody that's really bringing the truth. Listen, you can't become president unless you're a relative. Let's not be deceived. You cannot become a president unless you are selected by blood. So if you want to call yourself trusting in a man, by all means do so. But if he was a real threat, oh, they'll get you out of office. Oh, they'll move you aside. But if you're furthering along their agenda, see, what turned me on to Donald Trump was these one thing. And I'm, it's not Donald Trump, okay? We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. But what turned me on to him was when he talked about building that wall in, in Mexico. And then all I had to do was look at the 10-region world map. And what did I see? I saw the same setup that Donald Trump said that he would use to make America better. And the 10 region world map is the map of the Antichrist kingdom. You see, man, don't be fooled. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and nothing else. Because when these times get slim to none, you're going to see the devil move. You're going to see him move. I'm not angry, guys. I'm just bringing forward the point. We can't afford to afford to be victims. We can't afford to be stupid. We got to get to the point in recognizing Jesus Christ is our only refuge, and He only only Jesus ever was and is. Look at this. I'm not saying don't pray for them because Donald Trump needs to be saved. These people need to be saved. But the point is, is man, it's all a game. So he says, the Lord standeth up to plead and standeth to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the ancients of his people and the princes thereof. But ye have eaten up the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is in your houses. What mean ye that ye beat my people to pieces and grind the faces of the poor? saith the Lord God of hosts. Moreover, the Lord saith, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with stretched forth necks and wanting eyes, uh, walking and mincing as they go and making a tinkling with their feet. Therefore, the Lord will smite with the scab, the crown of the decay, and the daughters of Zion and the Lord will discover their secret parts. You know, this is important too, guys, because as Christian men and women, we got to really see ourselves a certain way. We can't be like the world. You see, he's talking about judging the daughters of Zion here. You know how many church women think they're divas? They think they're moving and styling and it's all about me. The Lord's talking about men putting a scab on their heads and turning all that stuff that they think makes them a diva into looking like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. God's going to take all this mess away, all this stuff that we validate and we think it makes us somebody. He's got to kill the old you so that the new you will come to be. Because we think, you know, we, yeah, you know, because I'm, I'm like that, partner. You see, God's going to remove all that, all that foolishness. 
if it was all about styling and flossing and flashing, somebody should have told Jesus then. Because I'm sure he wasn't walking around like that. And the man that he used as John the Baptist didn't walk around like that. Nothing wrong with looking nice and dressing up. The point I'm making is a lot of us have become validated with our lifestyle. And what is God doing? Coming to let the devil pull the plug so that we can get back to reality. Look at verse uh, 18. In that day, the Lord will take away the bravery of the tinkling ornaments about their feet and the coals and their round uh, and their round tires like the moon, the chain and the bracelets and the mufflers, the bonnets and the ornaments of the legs and the headbands and the tablets and the earrings, the rings and nose jewels of uh, the changeable suits of apparel and the mantles and the wimples and the crisping pins the glasses and the fine linen and the hoods uh, and the veils. And it shall come to pass that instead of sweet smell, there shall be stink and instead of a girdle, a rent and instead of a well-set hair, baldness, and instead of a, a stomacher, a, a girding of sackcloth and burning instead of beauty. So what is God getting people back to? Repentance. Lord, I need you. I can't make it without you. I'm no great one simply because I've got a wardrobe. It's all about Jesus. God's got to take those idols away so that you and I can get back to the truth. Verse 25, thy men shall fall by the sword and thy mighty men in war. Like I said, you trust in the U.S. military all you want. Hey, I'm not against them. I love the military because I got family members in it that fought in just about every war in this country. But the bottom line is, guys, that's not going to save you. It's also been corrupted. Trust me when I'm telling you. I've had people that are recruiters that are friends of mine in the Marine Corps, in the Air Force, and other places that have told me the training is not even the same. There was a time they would have never let you have your phone in basic training. But many of these people are aided to say, have at it. Go have fun. You know, allow homosexuality in the midst of it. Go ahead, because I know what that's going to do to the army. You see, man, put your trust in Jesus. It ain't about hating, guys. It's about bringing forward what is right, that we can repent. Look at uh, verse 26 and her gates shall lament and mourn, and she being desolate shall fit upon the ground. And God's gonna turn it around. Look at verse uh, chapter four, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter four, look at verse one. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man saying, we will eat our, our own bread and wear our own apparel, only let us be called by the name, I mean, by thy name to take away our reproach. You know, Pastor Price preached about this for years, and this is true. You've got a bunch of beautiful women today, career women, intelligent women, women of God, single women, single mothers, beautiful women doing their thing in society today. But guess what? No one to marry them. There has become a shortage of men because many of them are becoming homosexual. Many of them are self-loving. Many of them just want to run through women and not be with them. But as you can see, guys, 
These are the days. You've got women that have a lot going for them, just want to marry some bum just so that they won't be alone. This is where we are. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy, uh, even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem. And that's why I believe that God is, is taking a lot of this stuff away. God wants his people to be holy. He wants us to get rid of these idols, man. Get rid of, some of us idolize marriage so badly, man, that we can't even serve the Lord. You know, we'll settle for anything. God's got to remove those idols, clean the heart so that we can say, Lord, I will serve you. God wants you to get, I mean, he's not against us getting married, but God wants you to be holy. And in order to be holy, idols have got to be removed out of the temple. Look at this in verse four. And when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning, and the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. I believe the Lord is going to do this in the last days to protect Israel when he's, um, you know, here on the earth. But I believe that God is going to have a refuge for the people of God. He is going to be as a cloud of fire by night. I mean, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud of smoke by day. He is going to protect his people. Henry Groover said that he saw during the prophecy given to him or the vision of the destruction of America. One of the last things I heard Henry Groover say, I think it was the time before the last time, but he said that there would be troops in this country. He said he saw Russian armies and Chinese armies and some armies in, in uniform that you couldn't really tell what they were. You know, I'm sure they were NATO troops, but the thing is, is he said he saw them rushing for the lands of America from the east and west coast and up from the Gulf. And he said that God released an, a, a volcano that blew up, or a, a chain of volcanoes that blew up. And he said that the lava washed those armies right back into the sea. And while they were planning to de destroy America, which they will do, but he said that they did not see that there were armies of men walking around in white which were the angels of God that were there to protect the people of God in these times. Man, God this thing figured out. Don't you ever think that God is cornered? Don't you ever think he ain't got plan B? God is a deliverer and he will take care of those who put their trust in him. So he says, and there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and from the place of refuge and for a place of refuge and for a, co a covert uh, from storm and from rain. We've got that refuge guys and that is Jesus Christ. So let me skim quickly through Isaiah chapter five because I wanna make a quick point. What I want to do guys is um, I'm gonna go to the ISV version because I want you guys to understand what's being said here. 
All right, the old Quaker English will kind of, you know, jumble it up. But he says, the Lord's vineyard, uh, this is uh, Isaiah chapter five and verse one. He says, I will sing for my beloved, uh, my love song concerning his vineyard. The one I love uh, had I had a vineyard uh, on, a, on a very fertile hill. He plowed its land and cleared it of stones. Then he planted it with the choicest vines, built a watchtower in the middle of it, and uh, dug, a, dug a wine vat in it. Uh, he expected uh, it to produce good grapes, but it produced only wild ones. So as you can see, this is talking about God's vineyard, what God intended to do for man. God wanted man to be righteous. He wanted man to be productive in his kingdom. But instead, what you have is a bunch of wild grapes. The much can be said of America here. He says, so now you inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge won't you please between me and my vineyard. He says, what more could I do in the vineyard that I haven't already done? When I expected it to produce good grapes, why did it yield wild ones? Now let me tell you, uh, won't you please, uh, what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I'm going to take away its protective hedge and it will be devoured. I'll break down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland and it won't be pruned or cultivated. Instead, briars and thorns will it grow up. I'll, I'll also issue commands of the clouds that they drop no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of the heavenly armies is the house of Israel and the men of Judah are the garden in which he delights. Uh, he looked for justice, but saw only bloodshed. He searched for righteousness, but heard only an outcry. And that's what you're hearing in America. A lot of people want their prayers answered, but you see the cries of all these children that were aborted, of all these fatherless kids that, that churches won't take care of and do things. You see, there's a lot that America has to pay for. God wants to redeem men, but as far as America goes, God's gonna get rid of America. So this is the judgment on the land barons. This is why I went here because it breaks it up. I don't prefer to read out of the ISV, but I want you guys to see the judgment that's coming on all people in every walk of society. He just talked about Israel there, like he's talking about his church. But now he's talking about the judgment of land barons, or like what you would say, thieves. He says, how terrible it will be for you who join house to house, who add field, <laughs> excuse me, who add field to field until there is no more room and you have settled yourselves alone in the middle of the land. The Lord of the uh, heavenly armies has declared this so I could hear it. Surely many houses will become desolate, great and beautiful houses without occupants. So you guys are gonna see this. There's gonna be looting, there's gonna be rioting. You can build yourself up in your little fort all you want. If it's not governed by Jesus Christ, these things are going to go to the spoilers. People are gonna look at your good things and they're gonna desire them for themselves. But he says for 10 acres of vineyard, will produce only one bath and one homer of seed will produce only one ephah. So there's gonna be a shortage 
not just the food of possessions of the word of God. There's going to be a lot playing out at this time, which is why we better seek the Lord while he may be found. This is the judgment on the alcoholics in verse 11. It says how terrible it will be for those who rise at dawn to order and grab a stiff drink. For those who stay up late at night as wine inflames them, uh, they have uh, the lyre and harp, the tambourine and flute, as well as wine at their festivals, but they don't re uh, respect what the Lord is doing, nor do they consider his actions. So you see, a lot of people think they're going to get high out of this situation. A lot of people think they're going to drink their way out of this situation. This is for you. You better get right with God. Look at verse 13. He says, therefore, my people go into exile because they lack understanding. My honored men go hungry and the crowd is parched with thirst. Therefore, uh, like hell's appetite has grown and has opened its mouth beyond limit. This is where the Bible says that hell enlarges herself. You see, hell is growing because of the disobedience, because of the sin, because of the unrepentant hearts. He says that hell is enlarging itself. Jerusalem's nobility and her multitudes will go there along with her brawlers and, and um, whoever is revealing uh, within her. Humanity is brought low and each one is humbled with the eyes of the self-exalting are brought low. But the Lord of the heavenly armies or the Lord of hosts is exalted in justice. And the holy God proves himself to be righteous, holy, righteously holy. Uh, then the lambs will graze in their pasture. Fatlings and foreigners will eat among the waste places of the rich. So even the rich guys are going to be brought low. Here's the judgment on the mockers, those who don't believe God's word. Verse 18, how terrible it will be for those who parade iniquity with cords of falsehood and draw sin along with the along with a cart rope. So you go, you got these gay pride meetings, and you got all this stuff going on, people mocking. If your God is real, where is he? Look at the judgment on them. He says, who say, let God be quick, let him speed up his work so we may see it. Uh, let it happen. Let the plan of the Holy One of Israel draw near so we may recognize it. So in other words, if God is God, why don't he come now? Oh, why don't he judge me? I'm sinning. You see, so these people have become proud in their actions and so has America. And because of that, God is gonna judge them. Look at this, the judgment of moral relativists. What is a relativist? Someone that's lukewarm, someone that believes, well, it could be, can't be. You know, I'm an agnostic, anything could be true. Well, guess what? You're going to get judged too. For the lukewarm that won't stand for Christ, for those Christians that know that abortion, homosexuality, sin itself is wrong. They stand with the enemy for their own comfort and their own lust. This is for you. He says how terrible it would be for those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute what is bitter for what is sweet and what is sweet for what is bitter. These people are going to be judged. Woe unto you. Everything that he said will come to pass. 
we better get hot and heavy for Jesus Christ. This is um, this is uh, verse 21, judgment on the arrogant. How terrible it would be for those who are wise in their own opinion or in their own sight and clever in their own reckoning. How terrible it would be for those who are heroes that are at drinking wine and champions of mixing strong drink, who acquit the guilty of for a bribe and deprive the innocent of justice. This is what you've got, a corrupt law system today. God's gonna judge it. God's got to judge it. So guys, if you see what I'm trying to say here, you know, this has everything to do with the sin that occurs in America. God's got to judge this filth that righteousness may return. So we may not remember America as it was. Things are gonna change. Stuff's gonna happen. But guess what, guys? If we've got Jesus Christ, we've got everything. There is no need to worry and there is no need to fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of a sound mind. And you read um, Isaiah chapter six in your spare time where um, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. And he said, Lord, who's gonna go and deal with the society like this? And the Lord, you know, purged his mouth, put a live coal to his mouth, purged his mouth, purged him that he would go out and speak for the Lord. And that's what we need today, guys. We need to be purged. We need to be free from this harlot. The Bible tells you will not come out of her, my people, and be not partaker of her plagues, and he would receive us. You see, so we've got to get free in heart and in mind and in spirit that we can truly serve the Lord. Look at Matthew 6. Matthew 6 and look at verse 19. I'm not preaching angry and I don't wanna see people go to hell. But you know, people have got to wake up to the reality that we can do nothing aside from Jesus. This country is going to be judged. The only prayer that I pray for this country is, Lord, if it be your will, give us more time to win souls unto you. That's all I care about. My life can go by the wayside. What am I doing with it anyway? Man, we gotta get about the Lord's business. All God is doing at this hour, guys, is showing the, the, the nature of the beast. He's showing you what the devil is. The devil don't care about you. The devil never cared about you. You think the devil cares if your son and daughter has anything to eat? You think the devil cares about all the money you spent in college and now you can't find a job? You think the devil cares about all those aborted babies that had no choice in the matter that were just killed? You think God's gonna let you get away with this? You better repent. Look at Matthew six, guys, and look at verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. So the Lord is saying, hey, put your treasures in, in eternal places, not temporal ones. Because as you can see, if we haven't seen already, guys, everything is temporal. Look at, hey, a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago, I was at work, you know, teaching in the education system. What am I doing now? 
I'm twiddling my thumbs waiting for the next move, but I'm putting my trust in the Lord. There's nothing permanent here, man. And that's what the Lord is trying to show us through all of this. Look at verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And guys, the Lord is not lying. He's showing us. Whatever you put your treasure in, there will your heart be. You know, I got brothers and sisters messaging me talking about the mark of the beast. Do you think it's in the vaccine? Do you think it could be here, it could be there? I'm here to tell you guys about the mark of the beast. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the physical mark of the beast because you know what? If you have not given your life over to Jesus Christ and you have not repented of your sins and the nature of Christ is not governing you through the spirit of God, you already got the mark. Don't even worry about it. You need to focus on getting born again and becoming like Jesus so that we won't receive the mark of the beast because you're gonna receive the mark of the beast, guys, by nature. You see how no matter what, you're still looking forward to going back to your job? You see how you're mad at God right now because of what's going on? You see how you're still thirsting and hungering after these things instead of getting on your knees with the Lord and drawing closer to him? Guess what? You already got it. Don't worry about the mark. The mark will be, you, you will get a physical mark in your right hand or in your forehead, which will also be about your mind, the way that you think, and the works. But here's the thing. If your nature is not fixed, you're going to receive the mark. You're going to. Because you love the world. You love America. Even though America hates Jesus, you still love that filth. You're still fighting for it and believing in it. Well, the mark of the beast in America are going to be synonymous. You see, what you get in America is what you're going to get if you accept the mark of the beast. So, so what, are you, what are you fighting for? What is it that you're longing for? Are you desiring to be made right in Jesus Christ that he may take care of you? Or are you looking forward to you self-sustaining and not having to repent? If so, you've got the mark of the beast. You're going to take it because you can't see eternal life. You can't see Jesus. You've got no desire to follow Jesus. You think you're someone with the things that you have, and you're just hoping and praying that they all come back. But you know what my hope is? If we all get saved and stay saved, then burn this mess up. Because all it's doing, if you read Revelation 18 in your spare time, look at what the Bible says. Even the souls of men, along with all of the commodities that they were naming about Babylon the Great, in there too were the souls of men. This harlot has killed, I don't know how many Christians. This harlot killed Jesus Christ. This harlot is a destroyer of men's souls. And, and here we are fighting for that when we should be longing to get full of Jesus Christ to do his will. I know I'm gonna get some pushback on this video and I bet you it's gonna be from unsuspecting people that you would never think. But this is why the Lord is sifting you and I that we can be right. I know there's people that don't like me. I know there's people that put their arm around me and pat me on the back and tell me I've done good. But if I look for validation from them, I can never serve the Lord. The Lord makes us well aware of what's around us. But what we need to do is get locked in on him. So look at this. Where your treasure is, guys, there will your heart be also. Look at verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. If your eye be single, 
Thy whole body will be full of light. That will be full of the presence of God, full of his spirit. But if your eye be evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? What is the Lord doing? Giving us some good old eye salve right now that we can truly see where we are. We can see America for what it is. And the only thing as Christians we're concerned about is souls getting saved unto Jesus Christ that they won't go to hell. Look at verse 24. No man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Pastor Price and I were talking about this last time we talked. Their hearts need to be clean. They need to come to Christ. They need to get right. Because the point he's making here is, you know, that you can't serve two masters. What's it gonna be? There's nothing wrong, like I said, with the job and all these things, but I think God is getting ready to do something different. He's getting ready to take us out of Egypt and bring us into the wilderness that God may prove himself through us. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray that I'm up for the task. Verse 25 says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, or yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than me and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? So if the birds don't even worry about what to eat, and they've got no job, they'll just pick around at whatever is there, and they'll, they'll get along just fine. You've never seen a skeleton bird walking around. They all look fat and healthy to me. How do they do it? because they're not worried about self, God even takes care of the birds. And if he's taking care of the birds, what do you think he's gonna do for those who love him, for those who are willing to serve, for those who were made in his image and his likeness? Man, God's got this, guys, so don't you even worry. Verse 27 says, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Why are you worrying about clothes and all that? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He says, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Put your trust in him, guys. Verse 31 says, therefore take no thought, saying what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, or wherewithal shall ye be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek after, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all things. God knows what you need, but you see the Gentiles are a type of worldly people those who know not God. He says that they, when, um, they're the ones that seek after, oh, I need about 32 more pairs of shoes. I need this, I need my career, I need my life. I'm gonna plant my life out perfectly so that I can live comfortably. I'm gonna let them put me $150,000 in debt 
for my education. I'm not gonna pay it back and all this and that. And like I said, nothing wrong with that, but you cannot put your trust in those things. Because right now we got nothing, you see that? But we've got everything because we've got Jesus Christ. Look at this, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And that's what it is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, God's and his righteousness. He's going to add these things unto you. Guys, I'm going to read a little of this. And then I think I'm going to close. In your spare time, read Obadiah chapter one, where it talks about that those people, though they exalt themselves as the eagle, you know, they exalt themselves as the eagle and they make their nest upon the stars. Even Babylon the Great said that she, um, remember she said, I sit as a queen and nobody's gonna take me down. You see, that's the old American spirit. And that's why God has got to eradicate that from the hearts of men, if they've got any chance in salvation. Look at this. This is a prophecy, guys, from A.A. A. Allen. Now, David Wilkerson's prophecy was 1973. A.A. A. Allen's prophecy was in 1954. And it says, this is the first part. It says, vision of poisonous gas and nuclear attack against the United. He says, atop the Empire State Building, as I stood atop the Empire State Building, I could see the Statue of Liberty illuminating the gateway uh, to the new world. Uh, here spread before me like an animated map is an area 60 or 80 miles in diameter. I was amazed that the spirit of the Lord should, um, should so move me uh, there atop of the Empire State Building. Why should I feel such a surge of his spirit and power there? This is the giant telescope. Suddenly I heard a voice uh, of the Lord. It was as clear and as distinct as a voice could be. It seemed to come from the very midst of the giant telescope. But when I looked at the telescope, I knew it hadn't come uh, from there, but directly from heaven. The voice said, uh, Second Chronicles uh, six and, 16 and nine, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to shew himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Immediately when I heard the voice of God, I knew this was um, a quotation of scripture, but never before had a thing come to me so forcibly by the power of the spirit. The ticking of the uh, telescope stopped. The man before me had used up his dime's worth uh, as he stepped away. I knew that I was next. As I stepped to the telescope and dropped in my dime, immediately the ticking started again. This ticking was an automatic clock which would allow me to use the telescope for a limited time only. As I swung the telescope to the north, suddenly the spirit of God came upon me in a way that I had never thought to 
or thought of before. Seemingly in the spirit, I was entirely caught away. I knew that the telescope itself had nothing to do with the distance, which I was suddenly enabled to see. For I seemed to see things far beyond the range of the telescope, even on the bright, clear day, or on a bright, clear day. Uh, it was simply that God had chosen this time to reveal these things to me. For as I looked through the telescope, it was not Manhattan Island I, I saw, but a far larger view. Uh, this is uh, the North American continent. It says, that morning, much of the view was impaired by fog. But suddenly, as the spirit of the Lord came upon me, the fog seemed to clear until it seemed that I could see for thousands of miles. But that which, um, that which I was looking upon was not Manhattan Island. It was all of North America. Uh, the continent spread out before me as a map is spread upon the table. It was not, uh, it was not the East River and the Hudson River that I saw on either side. It was the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans. And, um, and instead of the Statue of Liberty standing there uh, in the bay on her small island, I saw her standing far out in the Gulf of Mexico. She was between me and the United States. You guys check this out. I suddenly realized that the telescope had nothing to do with what I was seeing, but that it was a vision coming directly from God. And to prove this to myself, I took my eyes away from the telescope so that I was no longer looking through the lens, but the same scene remained before me. There, clear and distinct, lay all the North American continent with all its great cities. Uh, to the north lay the Great Lakes. Far to the east was New York City. I could see Seattle and Portland far to the northwest. Uh, down, uh, down the west coast, there were San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh, closer in the foreground lay New Orleans at the center of the Gulf. Of, of the Gulf Coast area. I could see the great towering ranges uh, of the Rocky Mountains and trace them and trace with my eye the continental divide. All this and more I could see spread out before me as the great map upon the table. He says the gigantic hand as I looked suddenly from the sky, I saw a giant hand reach down that gigantic hand was reaching out towards the Statue of Liberty. In a moment, her gleaming torch uh, was torn from her hand and it was instead placed a cup. And I saw protruding from the great cup, a giant sword uh, shining, as, shining as if a great light had been torn upon its glistening edge. Never before had I seen such a sharp, glistening, dangerous sword. Let me explain what this is, guys. He took the cup out of the Statue of Liberty. Now, the Statue of Liberty was supposed to be a symbol for liberty, right, and freedom. Now, we know that that's nothing but a picture of Semiramis, but the point is, is that God, the hand of God, takes the cup, I mean, takes the uh, torch and puts a cup in her hand, and out of the cup were, were glistening swords. So there was basically judgment for war, judgment for payback. The cup that was placed in the hand of the Statue of Liberty is the cup of iniquity. 
You see, the, the iniquity, the sin that we commit will eventually will be judged by that cup. When that cup begins to overflow, then God's got to judge it. This is what we're dealing with. So he says, uh, he's never seen a sword so dangerous that threatened the world as this great cup was placed in the hand of the Statue of Liberty. I heard these words, thus saith the Lord of hosts, drink ye and be drunken and spew the fall and spew and fall of the rise no more because of the sword which I will send. As I heard these words, I recognized them as a quotation from Jeremiah 25 and 27. So when you look at this, he's telling them, hey, gave him a cup, people are drunk. You see what people are doing today? People are drunk. What does Revelation 17 talk about? People being drunk with the wine of the fornication of the harlot. If you read in Revelation 18, that harlot is called Babylon the Great. So as you can see, a lot of people are drunken still, but this is why God is allowing this to happen, that you and I can wake up out of our comas and see America or the world and the devil for what it really is. He says, I was amazed to hear the Statue of Liberty speak out in reply. And it says, I will not drink. Then as the voice of the thunder, I heard again the voice of the Lord saying, ye shall certainly drink. Jeremiah 25 and 28. He says, then suddenly the giant hand forced the cup to the lips of the Statue of Liberty and she became powerless to defend herself. The mighty hand of God forced her to drink every drop from the cup. As she drank the bitter dregs, as she drank the bitter dregs, these were the words that I heard. Should ye be utterly unpunished? Ye shall not be unpunished, but I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth, saith the Lord of hosts, Jeremiah 27 and 29. Now you see, some people will call me ignorant from reading out of the book of Isaiah and they'll, they'll, they're gonna bring, you know, apologetics and hermeneutics and exegesis and all that mess to prove a point. See, he don't even know what this is about. So why is God directing A.A. A. Allen to the book of Jeremiah while he judges America? Tell me that. Look at this, war, death, and destruction. When the cup was withdrawn from the lips of the Statue of Liberty, I noticed the sword was missing from the cup, which could mean uh, but one thing, the contents of the cup had been completely consumed. I knew that the sword merely typified war, death, and destruction, which is no doubt on the way. Uh, then as one drunken on too much wine, I saw the Statue of Liberty become unsteady on her feet and began to stagger and to lose her balance. I saw her splashing in the gulf, trying to regain her balance. I saw her stagger again and again and fall to her knees. As I saw her desperate uh, attempts to regain her balance and rise to her feet again, my heart was moved as never before with compassion for her struggles. But as she staggered uh, there in the gulf, once again, I heard these words drink ye and be drunken and spew the full and rise no more because of the sword which I will send among you, Jeremiah 25 and 37. As I watched, I wondered if the Statue of Liberty 
would ever be able to regain her feet if she were ever to stand again. Uh, as I watched, it seemed that when all her power, uh, with all her power, she struggled to rise and finally staggered uh, to her feet again. It says, and stood there swaying drunkenly. I felt sure that in any moment she would fall again. Possibly never to rise, I seemed overwhelmed with the desire to reach out my hand to keep her head above water. For I knew that if she ever fell again, she would drown there in the Gulf. Isn't that interesting, guys? This is what we're looking at. You see, a lot of times people thought America was going to fall, but somehow America got back to its feet. But I think this time America may go down for good. That's not up to me. That's up to the Lord. But look at this. He says, thou shalt be not, not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. This is Psalm 91, verses five through six. He says, uh, this is the next one, black cloud rising. Then as I watched, another amazing thing was taking place. Far to the Northwest, just out over uh, Alaska, a huge black cloud, as it continued to arise, I observed two light, two light spots uh, in the black cloud. It rose further and a gaping hole appeared. I, took, I, I could see that the black cloud was taking the shape of a skull, for now the huge white uh, gaping mouth was purely, I mean, was plainly visible. Uh, finally, the head was complete. Then the shoulders began to appear and on either side long black arms. This is called the skeleton destroys the multitudes. It seemed that uh, what I saw was the entire North American continent spread out like a map upon a table with this terrible skeleton forming a uh, formed cloud arising uh, from behind the table. It rose steadily until the form was visible down to the waist. At the waist, the skeleton seemed to bend towards the United States. It says, stretching forth a hand towards the east and one toward the west, one toward New York and the other toward Seattle. Uh, as the awful form stretched forward, uh, I could see that its entire um, attention seemed to be uh, focused upon the United States. Overlooking Canada, uh, at least for the time being, as I saw the horrible black cloud in the form of a skeleton bending towards America, bending from the waist over, reaching down towards Chicago and out towards both coasts. I knew, it, I knew its one interest was to destroy the multitudes. This is called mortal agony. As I watched in horror, the black cloud, uh, the great black cloud stopped uh, just above the Great Lakes region and turned its face towards New York City. Then out of the horrible great gaping mouth began to appear wisps of white vapor, which looked like smoke as a cigarette smoker uh, would blow puffs of smoke from its mouth. These whitish vapors were being blown towards New York City. The smoke began to spread until it had covered 
all the eastern part of the United States. Then the skeleton turned to the west and out of the horrible mouth of the nostrils uh, came another great puff of white smoke. This time it was blown in the direction of the west coast. Uh, in a few moments of time, the entire west coast and Los Angeles area were covered with its vapors. Then towards the center came a third great puff as I watched St. Louis and Kansas City were enveloped in the white vapors. Then on they, uh, then on they came towards New Orleans. Uh, then on they swept until uh, they reached the Statue of Liberty where she stood staggering drunkenly in the blue waters of the Gulf. Of the Gulf. As the white vapors began to spread uh, around the head of the statue, she took it but one gasping breath and then began to cough as though uh, it rid as though to rid her lungs of the horrible vapors she had inhaled uh, one could readily discern by the coughing uh, that those white vapors had searched her lungs what were these uh, white vapors could they signify bacteri bacteriological warfare or nerve gas that could destroy multitudes of people in the uh, in a few moments time. Then I heard the voice of the Lord as he spake again, behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, uh, as with the servants, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury or interest, those who had interest to him. The land shall be utterly emptied and, and, and utterly spoiled, for the Lord hath spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away, the world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people or proud people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant, therefore, uh, therefore have the curse uh, devoured the earth. And they that dwell therein are desolate, therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. That's Isaiah 24, one through six. As I watched the coughing uh, grew worse, it sounded like a person about to cough out his lungs. The Statue of Liberty was moaning and groaning. She was in mortal agony. The pain must have been terrific. And again and again, she tried to clear her lungs of the horrible smoke or white vapors um, I watched her uh, there in the Gulf as she staggered clutching her lungs and her breast with her hands. Then she fell on her knees and in a moment, uh, she gave one final cough, uh, made a last desperate effort to rise from her knees and then fell face forward into the waters of the Gulf and lay still as death. Tears ran down my face and I realized that she was dead. Only the lapping of the waves splashing over her body 
which were partly under of the waters and partly out of the waters broke the stillness. I know I'm just about done, guys. As a matter of fact, I could actually, um, I'll just put this in the description box, okay? But there's a lot concerning this. It was just about done. But he says, this is the last page. He says, the silence of death. Then the voice was still. The earth, too, was silent with the silence of death. Then it, then to my ears came another sound, a sound of distant singing. It was the sweetest music I had ever heard. There was joyful shouting and sounds of happy laughter. Immediately, I knew it was the rejoicing of the saints of God. I looked and there, uh, high, and there, high in the heavens above the smoke and poisonous gases above the, um, the noise of the battle, I saw a huge mountain. It seemed to be of solid rock. And I knew at once that this was the mountain of the Lord. The sounds of music and rejoicing were coming from the cleft uh, high, uh, high up in the side of the uh, rock mountain. Hidden in the cleft, he says, I was, I mean, it was the saints of God who were doing the rejoicing. Uh, it was God's own people who were singing and dancing and shouting uh, with joy, safe from all the harm which had come upon the earth, for they were hidden away in the cleft of the rock. It says there in the cleft, uh, they were shut in, uh, protected by a great giant hand, which reached out of the heavens and, with, and which was uh, none other uh, than the hand of God shutting them in until the storm be passed over. So as you can see, if we put our trust in the Lord, we'll be fine. One final scripture, guys, and I'm gonna close with this. Is it late? That's entirely up to God. But one thing we've got to do, guys, is put our trust in him. So I wanna end it with this one scripture. This one scripture is gonna sum it up. Okay, let's go to Second Chronicles. And let's look at uh, chapter seven, and let's look at verse 14. Second Chronicles seven and 14, okay? I'm saying all of that, guys, and what I just mentioned, not to put you in fear, but to bring you back to the reality of this, okay? Look at what it says. Second Chronicles and seven fourteen. If my people, God's people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. The only way I'm gonna want this country to be brought back is for more souls to get saved and to do the will of God. Don't get me wrong. America may not be as wild as a lot of other countries, but we've got to understand, this is all about doing the will of the Lord. I'll read that again. This is 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. For those who can hear, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, that means to repent, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. 
It's time for us guys to start seeking the face of God and everything that the Lord has for us that you and I may make it through in the evil day. I just wanna say to those out there, if you know you're not saved and nobody knows this more than you, you can give your life to Jesus Christ today while there is time. Repent of your sins, turn from your wicked ways. If you confess your sins, our God is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we've got to believe on Jesus Christ. We've got to turn from our wicked ways. Believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved. Don't believe if I believe in whatever religion, I'll be fine. Don't believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. Believe on Jesus Christ, that he's coming back for a church without spot, blemish, or wrinkle, that he died for your sins, and in his shed blood, you and I are washed clean, and by his spirit, we become made whole. Give your life to Jesus today, guys. I'm pleading with you. I wasn't just doing this to try and gain some attention. We want to see souls saved. So give your life to Jesus Christ today while there is time. Get baptized and live a life for him, and the Lord will bring you through, okay? Uh, two books before I close. This is only part one of our series. This is the gospel book by Pastor Gary C. Price and Sister Maisha Hunter. This proves that the gospel is organic. You can't try to be a Christian. This is not a sales pitch for cash. This is not trying to, you know, gain whatever we can in this world. This is about the saints being made whole. This book is $13.95. You can get it at www.theorganicgospel.net. You got to have the organic growth of Christ. You hit your wagon to Jesus and Jesus Christ will take care of you. He's gonna grow in you, he's gonna build you up, and he will be fruitful in you if you allow the Lord to use you. So it's $13.95, get it at www.theorganicgospel.net. This is the second book, And They Overcame, by our brother uh, Jeremiah Poja in the Lord. You know, this is the second edition. You can get the first edition online too, but here's the second. It says this book is comprised of 11 personal handwritten testimonies of how real people entered into salvation and how Jesus Christ became a reality in their lives. Each account is different and distinct because every person on earth is faced with a different set of circumstances and living situations. Even though all of these Christians are coming from different backgrounds, Jesus, I mean, they all have one thing in common. Jesus Christ has begun to save their souls and deliver them from the shackles of sin and the devil. And that's all we're trying to do, guys. You can get this book for $7.99 at Lulu Books. My personal testimony is in here, along with other brothers and sisters. It's only $7.99. But learn how to be an overcomer. Whatever issues, whatever problems we're struggling with, see how other saints have uh, come out of it, that you might be encouraged to do the same. So I just want to say with that, guys, I love you. This wasn't a message to beat you down or give you nightmares. This was only meant for one reason, that we may see we cannot put our trust in the world, that we have to put our trust in the living God. I'm sorry I couldn't see who was on tonight, so I don't know what comments were made. I didn't get you guys. 
but they have blocked me from the chat room this time. They do this every now and then to keep us from communicating, but you know, I'll be able to look at the chat room and still see what was there. So guys, you know, let's repent. Let's get serious about the Lord. Let's do what he says and get off this sinking ship that we may truly experience eternal life in Christ Jesus. Okay, so um, Sister Sarah, you wanna pray? How you feeling? Yeah, All right, yeah. As my voice is about to go. So Sister Sarah's gonna pray us out. And then from there, guys, we can close. So, you know, thank you, Jesus. I love you all. This isn't to try and hurt you. This is only to do with what God wants for us. God will never separate us from our enemies. I mean, from our friends, only our enemies. We must repent and get right with the Lord that we can do what he has called us to do. Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord God, in Jesus' name, I come to you this day, Lord, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for all and everything that you've done for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your grace, for your love, and for your mercy, Lord Jesus, for your long-suffering, and for your patience upon our lives, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I just want to say thank you uh, for just pulling us out of the lives that we were living in, Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to say thank you, Lord God, for pulling me out of the life of being a drunk, Lord Jesus Christ, of being a fornicator, Lord God, of having a tormented mind, Lord Jesus Christ. I was on the verge of being a, becoming a lesbian, Lord Jesus, and I just had so many things wrong with me. I was, I was depressed, Lord Jesus. I didn't know which way was up. And you came down in my deepest, darkest hour, Lord God, and you, you changed my life, Lord Jesus Christ, on that day, Lord. And so I know I know for sure what it means to be a have, a have a repentant nature, Lord Jesus Christ, because it breaks down all the walls of pride. It breaks down all the walls of depression, Lord Jesus Christ. It breaks down all the walls of things that are just binding us and bounding us in our life, Lord God. It breaks it all down, Lord Jesus Christ. But once we get saved, Lord Jesus, that means right then and there, when we get saved, when we, we have a real experience with you, then all of a sudden we get on Satan's radar. And he's going to come back after us, Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to try and tell us, you're not worthy to be saved. You're not this. You're not that, Lord God. He's going to try and reinforce those demonic powers that he had in us. So we got to stay saved, Lord Jesus Christ. we got to stay delivered, Lord God. Anything that we had cast out of us, Lord God, we have got to reinforce those walls with you, Lord Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. We have got to have the anointing upon our life, Lord Jesus Christ, that whatever you want us to do, Lord Jesus, we go out and we obey lord god so saturate us saturate us lord jesus christ with the fire of your holy spirit lord god let us get sanctified lord jesus that we can go out and do the works the gifts that you've bestowed upon us lord god those things haven't gone away lord jesus and we need to show this world this day this hour this moment lord god that the gifts of the holy spirit are still real they're still alive they're still true they're still in your people, Lord. But in order to do this, Lord Jesus, we have got to be willing to forsake all and everything. I mean, all and everything, Lord God. We have got to be willing to forsake television, movies, tablets, cell phones, family members, husband, wives, children. In order to do these things, we don't hate them. We don't hate our family, Lord God. 
But it's in order to have you instilled in us, Lord Jesus Christ, to do your will. It's going to look like we hate everyone, but we don't. We just love you so much, Lord Jesus Christ, that we want to obey you like a child obeys their parent. Because we want to hear from you. We want to hear from heaven, Lord God. So I'm praying tonight, Lord Jesus Christ, over everyone. I pray for Lord Jesus over everyone in this ministry, over everyone in Omega Ministries, over everyone listening in tonight, Lord Jesus. I pray over everyone that is out there in the fight, in the fire, on the front lines for you today, Lord Jesus Christ. They know what persecution is all about. I pray for them, Lord God. Give them the endurance. Give them the strength. Give them the fortitude, the courage that they need to continue to, to go forward in you, Lord God. I'm praying, Lord Jesus Christ, that as followers of you, as your saints, Lord God, that you pour still down our spines, Lord God. Raise up the men. Raise up a standard in the men today, Lord Jesus Christ, that they look to you, not behind, not, not who's behind the pulpit, but to you, Jesus, yes. that they make sure that their calling and their election is sure in you, Jesus. Not that it's sure in the pastor, because the pastor can be wrong, but to you, Lord God. And I'm praying for the women today, Lord Jesus Christ, that we find our headship in you, Jesus, that we can support the men, that we can help them, Lord Jesus Christ, that we're not a hindrance in their life, Lord God. I come against all spirits of Jezebel and Ahab that are coming against your, your people, Lord God, and I rebuke them and I bind them in Jesus' holy and mighty name and that you cast them out, Lord God. Cover us in the blood of the Lamb because the devil is attacking your people in any way, shape, or form he can, Lord God, and we have got to have our minds in you. We've got to have our salvation in you. We have got to have on your armor, Lord God. We have got to stay bathed in your word. You know, listening to those men of old, Lord Jesus Christ, that were on fire for you, Lord God. And we have got to stay in prayer and fasting before you, Lord Jesus Christ, because things are going to get worse before they get better. And I'm praying, Lord God, if we've got any idols in this life, Lord God, that they be cast out. If we've got any pony in this race, Lord Jesus, I pray that you prick our hearts that we get rid of it, Lord God, because this place is pure evil from sun up to sundown. It is nothing but wickedness and evil. And we've got to have our mind on heaven. We've got to have our treasures in heaven, Lord God. So bathe your people in the Holy Spirit today, Lord Jesus Christ, that we give it over to you. That we continue to pray those hot, fervent, Holy Spirit prayers, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, for everyone who listened in tonight, Lord Jesus, that you be with them, Lord God. Touch their lives in all and everything that they're going through. In every walk of life, Lord Jesus Christ, that you be with them, Lord God. Deliver them from the, the spirits that are binding them tonight, Lord God. Yes, thank Lord. you. Thank you. Thank you, thank Abba you, Father. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus Christ, your most holy name, I pray. Name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, so um, I'm not sure who heard. These are the people that were on. Okay. If you want to just scroll through. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, Sister Naima, Sister Teresa, Sister Tatiana, uh, Brother Derek Grant, Brother Derek Lamar, uh, Brother Michael. Uh, let's see who else. Yeah, he hasn't been on in a while. Uh, hey, Brother Roll. Um, Sister, well, I said Sister Teresa, Brother Randy. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Sister Tara, thank you for being on tonight. Um, let's see, man, there's a lot of. Yeah, Sister Latoya, Brother Sal. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
Elijah, you know. Ronnie Peoples, my nephew Elijah. Ronnie Peoples. Oh, Ronnie Peoples, okay. Uh, Elijah, uh, Sister Tanisha. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you look, you're pretty small, man. Like Brother Charles, yeah. Ezekiel, Derek Lamar. Uh, Did you say Brother Sal? Yeah, I said Brother Sal. Coach, Coach P. P. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think the Frederick, Brother Frederick, Brother Stanford was on. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Brother guys. Michael, I think he said, uh, Ayana, how do you say it? Ayana? Ayana. Ayana. Mm -hmm. And Brother Ezekiel. Yeah. Right, he was on I tonight. Okay. And, oh, uh, Talina, 609. Talina. Oh, Sister Talina, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think that was it. You know, guys, every message isn't like this, but, you know, we just want to point people to the reality of Jesus Christ. So I just want to say, guys, I love you. Subscribe to the channel. Support Dunamis Tabernacle, Omega Ministries, Pastor Price, and the work they're doing out there. But, um, yeah, tomorrow night's teaching is going to be called It's Time to Repent. Okay? So that's going to be on tomorrow. I may start at the same time at five because after all, what have I got to do? So guys, I love you. Don't take it personal. Let wash down the drain like a, you know, like a sink in the bathroom. Don't let it be that rug under the sink that absorbs everything. It's okay. You know, this is just love. So um, yeah, don't forsake your prayer closets, guys. Spend time with the Lord. Seek him in fasting and prayer. Maybe the Lord will turn this thing around. Maybe he won't. But either way, the Lord is good, and his intentions for us are always the best. So uh, I love you guys. Have a good night. See you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.